My name is Cody. And mine is Hunter. Welcome to the Trendertainment Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss trending topics in music, news, and entertainment. And whatever the hell else we want. Alright, let's do this. Alright, welcome to episode number 7 of the Trendertainment Podcast. Today we're uh, stepping out of the norm here to uh, have a special episode and welcome our friends from uh, Despite Despair here on the podcast to uh, talk about their new CD release that's coming out on the 7th. So we're excited to have them. How's everybody doing? Very good. Thank you for asking. Doing well. Thank you for asking. Awesome. Awesome. How are you guys doing? Well, Hunter and I are both very sick. <laughs> yep, this is true. I've uh, called out of work on Friday and Saturday, and I thought it was better, but uh, nope, I feel like someone's punching me in the gut every 10 minutes, so it's okay, though. What are you sick with? You know, I can't tell you. You know, my fiance and I, we had uh, pork the other night on, like, Thursday, and I'm like, okay, it has to be food poisoning, but I'm sitting here, like, uh, almost a week later, and I'm like, no, it's probably not food poisoning. It's probably some really crappy version of the flu. Um, I work in retail and I pretty much get exposed to every virus and every snot ridden kid that is uh, available out there. So I actually had a grown woman sneeze in my face last week. So I'm blaming her. <laughs> oh my That's God. terrible. That was That's probably what made that you might sick. actually be it. Though. Be... Yeah, it's probably it. That would so be the, the sacrifice of working in a retail. <laughs> Very hope, hope you feel better soon. Yeah, well, you know, we're we're excited to have you guys here on the podcast because uh, Nick and I go way back. I mean, hell, I uh, actually met the Karchner family by stabbing his brother with a pencil. Um, I still oh. think he actually has the lead in his hand from like third grade or something like that. But I, I knew Brandon for a long, long time. And then uh, Nick and I met years later through actually my little brother because our brothers are the same age. So Nick and my little brother, Billy. And then uh, we started making music together. We had some silly uh, band called uh, Vanity and Vexation, which oh, lasted so like terrible. three what did seconds. You play in that band? No, dude, like I, I deleted any sign of it from my music library. And my little brother likes to taunt me every once in a while and play the song randomly when I show up in Utah. And uh, can't stand it. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember when that was going on. That was like right when I first met you or started hanging out with you pretty hardcore. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah, trying to be a little was, bit too hardcore for myself there. Yeah, Cody Cody did vocals, and um, I did drums. Uh, we had my sister on bass, and I had a couple guitarists, but it was actually, we're playing a show coming up with this band called I Parried the Box With Your Name, and the guitarist for that band, Zach, Cody, um, is in that band, so they're actually playing our record release show that's coming up here. Really? Um, it's, it's that's awesome. That's interesting, yeah. That's so, totally yeah, full circle. Was, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Do you well, that's, uh, guys want to go around and uh, introduce yourselves? Yeah, sure. Uh, Brett, why don't you start, I guess. My name is Brett Barrett. I do vocals in Despite Despair. My name's Derek Ballard. I do guitar. And my name is Ikaika Cox, and I play bass. And I'm Nick, and I play drums. Thank you very much for introducing yourself, guys. We, uh, we're really excited to have you here on the podcast. And I've probably listened to uh, your new record at least five times through. And I got to say, I'm thoroughly impressed. Um, awesome. I, I really, really dig it. You've listened to it more times than I have. 
<laughs> no, it's uh, I've, I've kind of had it on repeat in my car driving to and from work every day. And uh, I, I got to tell you, man, like something about it, it, it makes me think back to like when um, I used to listen to Norma Jean like way back in the day. Like I think, uh, Brett, your your vocals are super clean and just super awesome. Um, they really just like kind of cut through and I, I love it. No, it's it's really impressive, guys. So it's uh, what you guys are making there in uh, Utah is pretty fantastic. Thank you so much. That's really nice of you to say. Thank you. We put a lot of hard work into it, so glad you like it. Yeah. Well, tell us a little history on uh, the band and stuff. Like, I, I, Nick sent me your bio, but um, it sounds like you guys have gone through a lot of different uh, member changes and uh, different things throughout the years. So, really, the record that you're listening to is kind of based on a, a brand new lineup. You could even call it a, uh, a new band, I'd say. Um I started the band with Trevor Espinoza, who was our original drummer. He's a kind of a well-known local, very talented drummer who plays in, you know, some some kind of aggressive pop bands now, Former Tides and others. Um and Kai, who's on the on the blog with us right now, he came in maybe a what a year or two later. Yeah. More or less and uh that lineup broke up in, in 2012 with uh, just a lot of really bad personal conflicts. I think we just kind of burned out. And um, I went to Brazil uh, with my then wife last year and just realized that the name, despite despair, had meant so much to me, um, you know, with a lot of the philosophies and everything like that, and decided to, to do this record that was actually, the band was called Geist. Um, when we actually mm-hmm. recorded the everything back in 2012, or, or not not 12, not that far back, to th- like late 2013, 2014. So it's been a long time coming for this record. Okay. Um, and yeah, and then we met Nick, uh, who showed up one day, and you know, just he just came in and was joking and laughing and sarcastic and hilarious and positive. Yeah. And just nailed. You know, sounds Nick. Sounds like Nick. Yeah, sounds like Nick. Nailed the songs. Uh, Derek had been, you know, learning the songs for a long time. Then we recruited uh, McLean Lewis. He goes by Mac. He's not here. He's working tonight. But yeah, that's uh, that's kind of a brief overview, I suppose, of kind of where we're at and where, and where we came from. So, well, so tell me this: what ignited like this passion to kind of get things up and going again? Because it looks like you guys have been going since like 2012, at least with you specifically, Brett. Um, like, what finally like set in motion for you that hey, I'm actually going to do this. We're going to record this record and build it. The winter of 2015. I I know that that question was maybe directed to me, but Kai answered succinctly. the The winter of last year was one of the one of the darkest times of my life, and I barely made it out of, out alive. I uh, I split up with my with my wife, and uh, I think after going to Brazil, after traveling and going to another world where you're different and you're sticking out and and you don't fit in you know i'm speaking about brazil specifically not knowing portuguese uh yeah and and seeing this amazing sort of uh i would call it transcendental like experience going to this this new world and then coming back and being like you know can we swear yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> I, I, sorry, I'm just trying to be respectful with your blog. I want to give you a genuine answer no, without having totally to, to edit it out. But, uh, man, it was just, uh, it was like, wow, I can do amazing things. What else can I do? And uh, I came back, and um, 
I got out of a relationship that I very uh, with someone I love very much that that maybe we weren't so good to each other or for each other. And uh, after that, I was kind of like, I need something, otherwise I'm going to kill myself. And mm -hmm. Geist really had thematically a lot of these existential questions of like, well, should you kill yourself if there is no God? Well, what are you going to do then? You know, if you're not mm -hmm. going to die, Sh do you take freedom and responsibility? These types of things. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That was. I, don't know, I hope that answers your question. I don't know. No, it's great. I mean, I I, I love. I was going through the uh, lyric booklet that you guys sent out, and it's. I mean, it's got. You have some really heavy themes here in your lyrics. Like they're they're very intense, and you're going through a lot of difficult things that most artists are afraid to touch. And so that's one of those. Bands yep. where you can relate to it because a lot of us have been in very similar situations where you you question life and whether it's worth living and you really take a lot of those themes and play into it throughout the whole record. Um, I was I, I actually absolutely love um, one of the last tracks that you have there on the record. Is it dies ire? Uh, dies ire is how it's pronounced. Yeah, it's the Catholic day of reckoning in the apocalypse. Dies ire is how it's pronounced. So yeah, second last track. Perfect. Well, no, I, I loved it. I was going to ask a, a little bit about the guitar parts. So did Brett, did you write these parts in that section? Yeah, I did. I, I wrote uh, the majority of the the guitars. Uh, I played drums on the record. I, I wrote the majority of the guitars and did the lyrics. And uh, Kai, the bassist, you know, he'd come in and he, he played some on uh, Kill Yourself on the intro. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and then the producer, Randy Cordner, he runs a, just a small, you know, indie recording studio. It's uh, Beast Mansion Studios. He, 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 did some other he did some other guitar work on it and, uh, you know, sort of impromptu. Actually, on Diaz, that sort of um, washy, uh, heavily delayed out, you know, kind of mm -hmm. siren sounding sound like guitar on, the, on, the, on Diaz. You can definitely dig it. I mean, that's it's one of those songs where you can almost like zone out to and just be in your own head and not have to worry about too much because it's uh it's something where you can get lost in. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah, of course. You know, on a record like this, it's uh something you have to listen to. So actually, let's go ahead and listen to a song from Despite Despair. This is Post Purging Reflection. The
that's actually a Phil Collins song that we covered. Yeah, that's actually a is cover it really? We did no. <laughs> oh, no, I'm no. sitting here going like, "Oh, is it a cover? I don't know." <laughs> no. no, I'm like, "Crap, guys, we'll, we'll record that and pick another one." <laughs> we don't, we don't have the rights to that one. If you could play something else, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Derek, I talked to a Derek lawyer. Just lost those in Wendover. He just lost the rights to our album. We're gonna have to call the label. The label will let us know. You know. Uh. <laughs> I just that's that's it's that's kind of a joke that's too soon because I just had to do a bunch of lawyer stuff to talk about the the record deal we just got so really yeah well let's talk about that a little bit I mean that is that is always the the hard part and the part that's all they always highlight in Hollywood is the record deal and getting signed to a record label uh tell us a little about that process and how it worked with you guys um so it's um I don't know. It's, it's something that you know. I've been playing shows myself for six years, which isn't doesn't seem that long, but it's it's long to me because I'm only 21, and that's more than a quarter of mm-hmm. my life. Um, mm-hmm. But it's always something I've wanted. You know, it's every you know musician's dream. Oh, I'd be so sick to get on a record label and uh, yeah. you know just put out these songs and so I could play songs and stuff. And um, really, what it comes down to is you got to put in work, um, which it sounds simple. But you just got to do it, you know, like a lot of people maybe have the impression that, you know, a record label, you get it and then they do all the work for you. It's it's not necessarily like that. But essentially what we did is so we um, this kind of group got together. We started playing around March um, and, uh, you know, we started playing a few shows. The record was already recorded with Brett and Kai uh, for a while mm-hmm. now. So uh, we just we picked our favorite songs off the record to just start learning and playing. Um, we started playing shows pretty quick, maybe just a couple months after we got together. Um, and then, uh, so we had, we had some, uh, local kind of build up and stuff and they already had a following from oh. a previous lineup, but we sent out press packages to a bunch of record labels that we liked and we thought we'd be a good fit for. Um, and Derek actually designed, um, this, this really nice press kit. Derek's a graphic designer. Um, Derek, I don't know if you want to okay. uh, tell us a little bit more about it and what the work you put into it. Um, yeah, I mean, really it came about uh, kind of as a last-minute thing just because I was meeting someone I won't name but very important overseas, and I wanted to get it together just because I was so proud to be a part of this project, and I thought yeah. they should hear it and they would have some helpful advice right. at very least. And, um, so I just kind of did it in a couple days and, um, just took a lot of care with the materials and layout as best as I could with the time limitations. And then we just decided to do like print a bunch of them and send them to our favorite labels and labels we think we would, uh, fit well with, work well with. Derek's not going to sell himself, but I'm going to, can I take a minute and sell him? Oh yeah, for sure. Derek is a nationally and internationally published designer. And uh, if we could oh, wow. owe any success and res- and warm reception that we've received from any label, it's because Derek in his deepest parts of his personality is one of the most specific and um, meticulous people that I know. And so he had come up with this beautiful 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 press pack to to give a a prospect and i was just blown away and i said i was Mm -hmm. even thinking that we could do that for the for the cd release uh which we flirted with a lot and i don't know so maybe sometime maybe your listeners might maybe they 
maybe we can post a picture or something of the of the press back at least but it was it's just beautiful so it was work it was just hard business work there was nothing at least for uh i don't know maybe this is being hyperbolic or exaggerated but it was just work like derek just lost sleep putting together these beautiful beautiful packages and they just looked amazing and and Anyway, we're just very happy to have him as a as a resource and as a friend and as an asset. And if anyone wants to check well, out his work, I'll put in a little plug for him. Uh, he has a website. It's iamconduit.com. Conduit is C-O-N-D-U-I-T. Uh, check it out if you need some design work. He does seriously awesome stuff. I don't know anyone else who does it like him. So a little plug for Derek there. Um, Thanks, yeah, guys. so to continue on, uh, we just uh, we sent it out to those labels. Um Josh from uh, Panic Records reached out to us, and uh, he's been very supportive of us uh, thus far and uh, really, really appreciates and uh, respects what we're doing, and he's willing to back that. So um, he's very excited about it, which was, for me, at least the main thing that I wanted to sign with him because he was genuinely interested in our band. He was very excited about it. He liked the record. He loved the press pack that Derek put together. And just the fact that he was excited about our band um, – really kind of made up my mind because we could have someone maybe that has you know millions of dollars to spend or whatever but that doesn't really matter if they don't care about your band so the fact that we're with someone that actually cares about our band and is supportive of it is really what i'm excited about i think that's something that sets you guys apart is you always hear that saying like how does my band make it big like how do we get to that next step and for pretty much any any answer to that is going to be you have to work hard and it looks like you guys have put so much work into this record and that's what's kind of playing into a lot of your success right now i mean i'm looking here at the the basically the press packet that you guys sent out with like the lyrics and the video that you guys have put together like everything is just so well done yeah it really is and i think a lot of bands forget that in order to make it big like you really you have to put the work in yeah exactly you just have to um if you want that next step you got to be the one that takes it you know you can't uh depend on i know you hear all the time and it sounds kind of cliche but you can't be that guy that's just waiting for someone to find you or you play this big gig that some big head label guy is going to be at it's like if you want it you got to go get it and you got to put in the work to do that and it's it's going to take a lot of work probably more work than you think it it took more work for me than i thought it was going to take um but you know i was up you know multiple nights till like 6 a.m working on stuff with Derek, or you know it took a lot of planning and preparation and work um, but yeah, you just got to do it. You just got to take that step. Um, you got to be the one to do it. You can't expect other people to do that for you. And you got to work as hard as it takes until you get there. So, Well, that's awesome. You guys are doing your CD release on the 7th at the Borough, correct? Correct, yeah. So we're playing um, on the 7th. We'll have our release show then. We'll have our, um, our album out for sale. We're playing with um, our friend Greg Benick, who is the lead singer of Trial, who is also on Panic Records. Uh, if you haven't checked them out, definitely go check them out. They're on Spotify and everything. Um, but we're playing with him. He's doing a few dates with us as well. Um, and we're also playing with uh, local band Gouged. Um, if you've heard of a band called Fever Dreams, originally from St. George. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a new lineup with them. Um, and then also our friends I mentioned earlier, I Buried the Box with Your Name on it, which I've always been really supportive of despite despair. So we're, we're excited to have our friends play that show with us. Uh, we couldn't ask for anything better. That's awesome. And for this tour, are you guys kicking out all over the country or are you just hanging out here on like the west side of the country? Uh, we're doing uh, we're doing mostly West Coast, so uh, we're kicking off the seventh. Um, it's a Friday, and then the following Monday, October tenth, we'll be going up to Boise, Idaho, 
um, over a couple dates in Washington, um, down to Oregon, four dates in California, hopefully, um, and then Arizona up to uh, St. George and then just back. So we're doing 10 days out. Um, so if you're in any of those cities, definitely come check us out. Um, we'll try to be – we're posting all of them on our Facebook. Um, we have Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. So, um, yeah, just definitely keep an eye out if you're I roadied uh, right outside of uh – right out of high school and uh, I spent a lot of time on that very same route and a lot of empty desert, a lot of nothing out there. So it's almost, it's almost easy to doze off and drive right off the road. Who goes into putting uh, that tour together? Was it you guys? Was it the record label or what was the process for that? It was, it was all us. We've done everything. Okay. Mostly Nick. Yeah. That we, <laughs> we wanted to do that regardless of a record label. You know, we were like, let's go on tour. Right. Um, we sent it out to the label granted a little bit later than we would have liked to, uh, but we were, we were going to do everything ourselves. So we, we actually are sticking with all original plan. We were going to do, we already had the release show booked. We already had the tour set up and everything. Um, okay. So we already had it all planned before we were going to do that regardless of being on a record label, but now it's just, it makes more sense to do it. And it's, it's easier to do because the record label is backing us now, but yeah, so, um, so we booked all of it, um, and it's just been about contacting people. And, you know, I spent hours on the computer just uh, emailing or messaging people. Um, it's something you can definitely do yourself. Uh, having connections helps a lot. Um, everybody in the band contributed right. to booking it. But, yeah, we did it ourselves. So, um, yeah, it's quite an accomplishment because it's, it's taken a lot of time. <laughs> that's, that's awesome, guys. Well, I wanted to dive deep a little bit into some of the lyrics and some of the themes that you have here on the record, uh, especially with uh, post-purging reflection. I was reading a little uh, bio about that and some of the history behind the song. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Uh, we actually wrote uh, post-purging. I did with the uh, with the old vocalist, and uh, I, I hope he doesn't mind me sharing explicitly who it was with. I had somebody who I was inspired by their story to write it, uh, and these people that, you know, we loved very much struggled with, uh, body dysmorphia and not feeling like the body they were in were the, was the body that they sh should, uh, inhabit. And, um, reading a, a, a lot of, I don't know what came first, uh, you know, like, uh, this whole body dysmorphia thing or like our interest in existentialism, but, uh, thematically, it's just about the want for like uh, transcendence over suffering, and it's about solidarity. It's about I think the definition of solidarity is is struggling with somebody and standing on the same ground as them. Um, so uh, the song is sort of an exploration of uh, how struggling and struggling together defines us, particularly with the, you know sort of the surface level or the uh, the kind of the overlying text being body dysmorphia, you know, whether whether that is somebody not uh, liking the gender they're in or, or not thinking that they're too fat or too skinny or they don't like even the color of their skin or whatever the case is. So it was sort of an exploration of, of that as as far as as, you know, white white guys from Utah can can explore <laughs> <laughs> no, I can relate. So, a, a lot of the subjects that we talk about here on the podcast, I'm like, well, you know, as a white guy from Utah, I can't, I can't say too much because I've had a pretty sheltered life. Yep. But no, we, we definitely live in a society now that's so focused on an image and on a personality and on this fake 
persona that we threw out there. So it was, it's, it's neat to see somebody actually writing lyrics about stuff that actually matters and not just the, the surface level stuff. For sure. It, we grew up with hardcore that mattered. And I, I uh, uh, maybe I'm an elitist or something, but I don't like hardcore that, that ge- at least generally, I mean, I, I have, you know, guilty pleasures, but, but the stuff that really moved me when I, I think that when like, you know, my identity was being shaped in the hardcore scene was, and Kai mm-hmm. could talk a lot about this as well, hardcore that mattered and that they were screaming for something. And, um, you know, and, and that's, that's, that, that conversation has its limits in regards to what is the revolutionary potential in art or whatever. And that, that conversation has been had a lot in leftist politics for, you know, uh, 150 years. But we just think, um, even if it's cliche, even if somebody has said it before, sometimes it still has to be said. Um, it just happens so that we really mean it. And, and, uh, and that, that's the other, there's plenty of hardcore bands that talk about nothing. Uh, but I just hope that they mean it. I hope that it's not dress up. I hope that it's not a facade. I like extreme music because it's sincere and passionate and genuine. And if it's not, then it's just uh, choreography and dress up. And I don't think it's real or intense or threatening and it doesn't interest me at all. So yeah, one of my new favorite shirts that I just recently picked up is uh, angry music for happy people. And, um, I've always been so drawn towards the heavy scene because I feel like there was so much more substance in it because you had to, you had to dig deeper. You had to spend more time with the music to find out what things are actually being said and what they're actually looking to stand for. And that's, that's what's so important to me. Like you might not be able to hear it at first listen or, or hear that exact lyric, but you know that that's coming from somebody's heart. It's coming from their soul. Absolutely. And like, th- this is a definitely a dark record, but uh, I don't know, at least I, I, I hope my bandmates can, can attest. Like I, I'm a very, kind polite very happy person <laughs> yeah um <laughs> kind of i'm just kidding yeah I, you know kindness is very very important to me but i just uh in fact greg bennick uh from trial trial was a very political band in the 90s um i think greg bennick and one of his you guys recently played with them correct we played with them a couple of times. We played with them in their hometown in Seattle in 2012 or 2013. They played in Seattle here with us. So we've, we, we have some, I think, some thematic uh, similarities between us, even though they're sort of our ideological grandfathers. And, you know, they, uh, some, of, some of them could definitely be my literal father. That's a, that's a joke about age. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Greg. It's funny. A lot of my favorite bands, like the, the like they're getting it to be up in their mid forties, and I'm like, holy cow! Like it's like music is changing. Like people are people that I look up to are now almost grandparents in some cases. Like it's, it's getting crazy. Yeah, it is weird. But like Minor Threat said, it's not how old you are; it's how old you feel. Exactly. I was sitting there at a show last night here in Reno, and I was thinking, like, man. I hope someday like my kid has a band and my kid wants to do something cool and he'll be like, Hey dad, do you want to scream on my record someday? And I'll be like, yes, yeah, I'll scream on your record. <laughs> Cody, you know, I want my kid to be an NBA star, but you know, I don't, I don't know <laughs> if uh, all that's going to happen. It's probably a lot more lucrative coming from a, a guy that's had 10 concussions. Uh, I, I don't know what kind of kids I'm going to have. So, <laughs> 
Well, guys, we'll give you some time here. Like any any plugs that you want to make. I know you have the big tour coming up. You have the CD release show coming up on the seventh at the Borough. What else can we do here to support you? Um, definitely check out PanicRecords.net. Um, you know our record's gonna be up there. Um, anything, um, anything on there. All the bands, of course, are great on our label. Um, and no, we don't get paid to say that. But um, yeah, right. they're all really cool. But we might one day. <laughs> we, we might one day. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but, Lay no, the really, groundwork like, now. Th- it's important to support music. Like if it likes it, if you like it, and especially if it moves you, you know, um, you know, uh, everyone's like, oh, nobody makes money in a band and stuff. But uh, it is important because um, it takes a lot of time and work, and just as f- any other art form, it's um, it's ridiculous that people aren't willing to pay for it you know like piracy is a big thing um and you know i'm, I'm guilty I, like i'll download a record but if i like it you get you can guarantee i'll always go to their show and support them and buy their next record when they come out um and because uh, it's you know like you wouldn't you wouldn't go steal a piece of art and then you know like a, you go to an art gallery or something steal it same thing with music you know i don't get why there's this um kind of view on music that you can just take and it's fine mm-hmm. I, mean, I guess it's easier because of the internet and things like that but um, it's still important to support especially if you got a band i mean i know you hear all the time if you got a band that likes your music buy their record um because if they don't get any money they don't have money to tour they don't have money to put out a new album uh that band is done the, the world kind of runs on money as sad as it is um mm-hmm. and it'd be great if it ran on art you know but we need money to do art, so it's it's something that uh, I believe in. So um, definitely support it if you're going to do it. So like PanicRecords.net, any record, any band that you like, um, even if you think they make millions of dollars, you know Taylor Swift for example. Like if she makes a record, nobody's going to buy. Her record label is not going to support her anymore. She's done making music and doing tours. So something even on that big a scale. So yeah, it's just important. Every every album, you know, like is worth it so every whatever five dollar album that goes a long way yeah i used to be that kid that would uh pirate all kinds of music and then when that band would come to town i'd show up at their show and i'd buy i'd buy the music and now we live we're fortunate enough to live in a day and age where music streaming services are so available and then we can listen to really millions of songs whatever we want whenever we want that going out to the show and being there to support your band and buying that record there or buying the vinyl they release or the the t-shirts they design or anything like that is is so much more important now than ever because that's the way the band makes money i uh, had a quote a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. from uh, one of our earlier podcasts that talked about a artist that was talking about how when he started a band, he didn't think he was going to be starting a clothing company because that's how they actually make their money is the t-shirts they're selling at the shows. We'd love to have you guys back on the podcast. One of these times too, we could uh, dive a little bit deeper into some of these other themes and kind of go from there. Thank you again so much for the opportunity. Thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate Thank it. you for having us. Yeah, of course guys. I mean, uh, we love having you on the show and uh, we'll do this another time. Wow, seriously, just what an amazing group of guys. When you think about the uh, DIY musicians out there that are really getting the job done and putting in the time and the work, like Despite Despair is the example of that. So if you can, please visit them. They're going to be having their CD release show in Salt Lake City at the Borough on October 7th. I'm going to be putting a link to all their social media and how you can get a hold of them or contact them for touring or booking a show or anything along those lines. And please check out Despite Despair. Today we'll end the show with one more song. 
Up next is Absurdity. I still dry! I still dry! 